0: go where we're going to travel today into the heavens um, he's like you have to address this first because I'm going to take you somewhere I'm going to take you to the treasury of heaven and so it doesn't have to be weird or anything but to ask the Lord am I hanging on to something am I is something that I feel limited in and I'm measuring I'm looking as there's a limitation and I'm wanting to see a breakthrough in this area and I want to basically just I want to release it to the Lord because there's an exchange that he wants to make with you he wants to give do better uh, for you than what you can do for yourself this this is the idea here I want to upgrade your situation in life when uh, when he said that to the rich young ruler I don't know if you know this about the rich young ruler, but he had to be able to sustain a city for six months if the whole city economy failed out of his own treasury and make sure that the people were at least fed and I think maybe had proper sanitation and situations run. This was a rich young ruler's kind of level of provision that he had. And so when the Lord said to him, he said, I kept all your laws, I've been faithful to you. the whole Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, I've been faithful in all of them. I've done everything. He said, you're only lacking one thing. And um, he said, take what you have and give it all away. Well, now, this doesn't make sense to a rich young ruler who's there to actually sustain an entire city. And I believe this. I believe this for a long time. You know, it says the rich young ruler went away sad. Remember, he was downcast. And I think he's probably like, this seems so contradictory to me. Why would he tell me to give away the very thing that sustains a city for six months? And I, I believe this about the word. at least I've got to know this about him in relationships. It's related to our health and our uh, wealth and finance that the Lord, I believe, wanted to give him 10 cities. He wanted to upgrade where he could be a greater blessing. And so he wasn't limited to, I don't know if we know anybody that could do that, like in Asheville. you imagine someone that had that much wealth that if the whole economy of Asheville fell like it did in the 1930s, that maybe Vanderbilt, uh, if he was alive during that time, could have sustained the city and kept it from going into bankruptcy. But you know, our whole economy in Asheville failed in the 1930s. 30s or 20s somewhere right there and it set the whole city back it didn't really recover they didn't pay off their debts until I think it was the 70s and you can tell downtown that it's still it's just now starting to come off the ground it set the city back almost 50 years of progress you know progressing forward Just be patient with me because I, I'm sure you will be patient. But my, my daughter just sent this to me. She said she just literally turned to this. Um, my goal is that their hearts, having been knit together in love, may be encouraged and that they may have all the riches that assurance brings in their understanding, the knowledge of the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasuries of wisdom and knowledge. I say this to no one deceive you through arguments that sound reasonable. Because the Lord is speaking to me. He's like, I'm gonna I'll open the treasury to this congregation from of heaven But I need you to let go of some things so that you can access that place. So I, let me, I'm gonna try a different approach with this because now the Lord's telling me, you know, to give you this approach. I'm really excited about this. This week, uh, we were driving down to the beach, and uh, the Lord speaks to me, and He says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take 10 years off your life." And uh, I was pretty happy about that. <laughs> and uh, it will set your age back. Um, I turned 47 and a half this last week. I'm to reset your age back to 37 and a half. Now, I was born in 1976, and I'm not going through a midlife crisis, at least as far as I know. <laughs> but I said, is this really you, Lord, or is this just me, that you could take our age and uh, take our age and uh, give us our youthfulness and our life vitality and our life back? I don't know if any of you have had some years of regret or you've had things that you wish that wouldn't happen and you would like those years back and to be recoded but the Lord told me he said I can do this for you and I will do this today for this people that this is like this wisdom that comes out of the treasury of heaven is I want to extend your life I want to give you back years that have been broken or hurt or wounded through things that you've been through that for some of us, no fault of our own. For some of us, the things that we've been through have been really hard. So um, I went and looked up all the verses on long life and I found nine of them, but none of them were the verse. I had seen this verse like a few years ago that the Lord can restore. My wife just sent me this. Restore the years that, you know, Joel two twenty-five, the years that the... The locust can't work had taken I'm telling you today this is going to happen for you I know this from the Lord because he set this whole event up like this I mean just get ready to receive all you have to do all you're going to need to do is basically open your hand as a receiver in doing this you're letting something go you're going to have to let go of it could be like guilt it could be like pain from the past Um, all you have to do is come to him like with open hands but I want to give you a biblical precedent for what I'm saying because the Lord had to give it. To, he gave it to me so that I can give it back to you. This is going to be beautiful. What happens here for you, as I know, it has been wonderful to me personally and our family, and I felt it. And it, to regenerate things that that He can do. So I. Later in the week, I I gave up on trying to find this verse. I couldn't find it. And then the Holy Spirit led me to the verse himself. The exact verse, I I was like, it's in the Bible somewhere. There's all these verses, I don't know where it's at. And it's in Psalm 61, 6. I like how this is set up because he he says in Psalm 61, hear my cry for help and pay attention to my prayer. All right. So the Lord has heard you. He's listening to you. He said, from the most remote place on the earth, sometimes I feel isolated, like nobody would know what I'm going through. But he does know what you're going through. He does. You, and you, he knows. He knows what you're going through. Even though if you feel like you're in a remote place and nobody sees or no one can know, I'll call out to you even in the depths of my own heart. Lead me, he says, up into an inaccessible rocky summit. It's not accessible. He's asking to lead him somewhere that's not even accessible. It's in the treasury of heaven. It's not accessible to human flesh, but it's accessible that there's a place we can be led to. And he says, indeed, you are my shelter. You're the strong tower that protects me from my enemy. I will become a permanent guest in your home. That doesn't make sense, you know, because a guest is not permanent normally. He's like, I want to come into your house as a permanent guest. Most people, they want to kick you out for that. It's like, you overstayed your welcome. I'll find shelter in the protection of your wings. Selah. For you, O oh God, hear my vows. You grant me the reward that belongs to your loyal followers. Give the king long life. This is the verse. Make his lifetime span several generations. Well, I've looked up several because I've looked up Many, few, and several. And several means three or more. Um, many means, or few means three, also. But several means three or more. Up, uh, up, and um, uh, many could mean like more than five. Now think about this. Honor your father and mother, so that your what? Your days may be long on the earth. Well, I know that we all know there's only 24 hours in a day, right? Everybody knows that. But what he means is that you could have the fullness of a life compacted, multi-compacted into a day because, hear this, why is this important? Because God works off of an order, line upon line and precept upon precept in your human development. So the Lord doesn't bypass the work he's doing in your life and jump over things, he He develops you. But he could develop your life faster so that your days would be longer on the earth, meaning that, what someone could spend one day getting, you could have five days within one day. Have you ever been bored before? That usually means that your day, you're losing your day. Because it your life that you were meant to live is meant to be full all the time. It's just like from one thing to the next, beautiful. That's what God intended for you, for us. Why is that important? Because line upon line, precept upon precept, you can't develop. So with the Lord, you could finish 12th grade by the time you're 12 years old. You understand? You don't have to be 18. I don't mean that literally in our public school or private school system. I mean though, but with the Lord, you can develop faster. So much so that you could have three to five generations inside of you. Why does that matter? Case in point. Ashville, 50 years set back in financial woes. Rich young ruler, what could happen in your life? Many of you know your dads and your dad's dad. You know that without that development in the fathers, in the, in the marriages, that it, sets, it could set the whole family back. What if the Lord could develop your life faster? Well, this is what he's wanting to do today. He's wanting to take your life and give you an expansion in your life that can create a future reality that speeds up and correct some of the pain that has come from the past because you're so integrated with him out of the treasuries of heaven that you can live a life that has even more highly developed purpose in it right now. And you don't have to miss a day you could have five days in one day because you're you're with him, and this is the promise today. He told me I'm going to uh, do this for my people, and I'm um, so that your lifespan could actually span several generations. So here's what happens when we hold on with limitation. When we hold on to things and we hold on, what it does is is limiting factor in our minds and it slows the process down. But when we let go, what the Lord has told me for years, go to zero. When you let go, you're offering them the opportunity to advance forward your life so that because some of you know someone would say they're in their nineties and they still act like they're in their twenties. And I don't mean they have a childlike nature, I mean they, they didn't develop. You know what I'm saying? So part of the last event, that, not last week, but the week before, the word said, I'm going to recode your histories because he wants to give us a fullness of eternal life in our future. So he can go back and recode so that he can encode us with his nature so we can advance quickly. So we'd be like um, calves out of the stall. So, when we start today, he tells me, go to Psalms 21, and I didn't even know this was in here, and I'm going to give the double connotation for what's happened this week, and then we're going to enter into this together corporately. I look down, he says, um... In verse 421 4, he asks you to sustain his life, and you have granted him a long life and in an inter- enduring dynasty. Your deliverance brings him great honor, and you give majestic splendor. For you grant him lasting blessings, you give him great joy and, uh, by allowing him in your presence. says here that the one who trusts in the Lord your enemies basically will be prevailed over and the power that they've exhibited against you uh, he'll overwhelm them and burn them up so probably like in for me this week this was like the best news because for my family the last 10 years and for me personally it probably been some of the toughest years of my life Yes, saying yes to the Lord, but also like going through a lot. And um, the Lord's like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna cut your age back. I'm gonna take all the fruit that's been born out of this season. And I'm gonna give you all of that. And I'm gonna take and reset your age. And I'm gonna give you back your life. So what we wanna do uh, here, if I hopefully you'll listen, that you're hearing what the word I believe is saying to us corporately. And I want to invite you into this uh, with him right now um, to receive from him. To receive his deliverance. What is impossible with man is possible with God. What seems completely improbable that our lives could be recoded and redeveloped even in the context of this event is possible with the Lord. It's possible to give you elements of your life that have felt like they've been stolen and they've been taken from you and give them all back to you and that you will live out of the full reality of who you are and who he is in you. And all that diminishment, those things, those places where he just felt this just is beating me down, and it was diminishing my wife, and it's been so painful and so hurting. And just long years in the wilderness and long years in struggle. Just just consider with the Lord right now. Well, that he could uh, give you back and restore everything that has been taken, taken unjustly, taken wrongly. Even the things that we've done that have been wrong, he can heal and restore our past and give us a new future. Um, I want to invite you to come forward if you like. You don't have to, um, but if you would like to, if if you need to or want to, as a movement of faith just as like I want this Lord, I'm so happy. I want what you have to give. And I I didn't even know that this is something you would give to a human being. I don't have to give in to the beat down. I can have my memories restored. Some things that have been extremely painful could be given back as goodness. Oh, let the Holy Spirit minister to you right now. Some things that have appeared to be failures and broken and hurting that have been grinding on you, the Lord can, he can give it back and he can give you a whole new start. This is like having years, taken off your life like Hezekiah. He's extended his life 15 more years. This is what's happening in this room right now. This is what the Holy Spirit's been preparing me all week for. And I'm going to give this to my people. Because you sought me more than you sought, long life. Because you sought me more than you sought, riches. Because you sought me more than you did to be known. I'm going to give it to you. And I give it to you now. Yeah. Waves of the Lord, refreshment of the Lord, breathe the life of God. Take in his breath, his Ruach life. Mm, I see the number is counting off. There goes one year the whole year that was broken. I'm gonna give it back to you in newness and freshness of life. Yes. He's telling me that you deserve, I don't know why he says this, but you deserve a new start. You do. Because of him. Because of who I am, I finished the work for you. Because I love you. I love you with an everlasting love. Behold, I make all things new. To your heart, Uh, um, forms and formulas, forms and formulas. We're going to like break some forms and break some formulas. They've been in our mind, they've been characterizing the way we do things, and, and the word's gonna do this for you because you can't really do it for yourself. It's met, it's a measurement of different things, the way we measure and the way we think about things. He's going to take and reconstitute some of the ways that you look at formulas and the way you look at forms. You have some new formulas that you've not operated into. May make you feel a little bit um, different. We wanna take out some of the format reformat some of your forms and formulas. And so, Holy Spirit, right now, some of the ways we think about things, the way we put this much in and we get that much out, things that have been coded onto us uh, from the law of sin and death, forms and formulas that aren't associated with some higher uh, math and higher ideas that you have about things. We're gonna ask that you go through like a period right now where you come up to the edge when you break into a new reality. Sway it with him. different, but uh, take a little spin in a circle. Just walk, go in a circle. There you go. All right, now go the other direction. Of you, I'm breaking some ideas out of the '90s off of you. <laughs> some of the '80s and some some of the '70s. Some of you the '60s. Some of you the '50s. It's <laughs> going back through the years and the decades, picking out some things out of those decades. That were not necessarily characteristic of him. And then just pulling them out. It's okay, just stay with him, This is okay. You feel like that feeling like, I don't know if anything's happened. Just stay with him, it's okay. Just so stay with the Lord. Probably not fair to not give you the what's processing here on the platform and and really what's processing this week. And, um, um, Stephen was saying that this is essentially the Sabbath, and I mean yesterday's technically the Sabbath, but what is happening right now is um, uh, a Sabbath experience in this uh, room because it, the Sabbath, remember. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, okay? And so we're being purposeful of letting the room with the Lord dial dial down. Even though I love praise and I love the excitement when the uh, electrical fire goes through the room, which, but we wanna be purposeful right now to meditate uh, here today uh, with the Lord in particular, in this, I'm gonna give you a couple we're verses. Uh, Psalms 42, five, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you um, disquieted in me?
1: <clears throat>
0: because the Lord was showing me the treasury of heaven is directly proportional to the casting down is the raising up. Uh, it's like in direct proportion or Not a contradiction, but in direct proportion to. So the more we go down into the quieting of our soul. Years ago, the Lord said this to me, I mentioned this before. Sovereignty rests in the individual at the point the individual rests in the sovereign. And so if you can be in the midst of quietness and stillness, when we get like that, a lot of times we start Twisting and tweaking, we got to be doing something right, especially in this culture. There's always got to be something going on. But if we let ourselves be quieted this morning, still, the first question, Psalmist said, "I feel cast down, and I got all this noise running through my mind. I don't feel like it's quiet. Let the soul come to quietness." And he he says, "When my soul comes to a place of stillness." He says, hope um, in the Lord. So we, making this, letting our soul come to stillness. Now hope in God. For I will yet praise him for the help of, this is verse 11, for the help of his countenance so the Lord's countenance begins to shine on us that uh, Moses experienced this Jesus is the experience the shining of the face of God in the place of stillness Psalms 44 for you are my king oh God command deliverance for Jacob." How do we access the treasury of heaven out of the Sabbath of rest, question mark. Stephen was bringing this up in his very apt point that if the rich young ruler is like, I have set all this provision aside for them, to protect them and protect my city, why would I take all that and give it to away? Question mark. Why does God come to Abraham and tell him to go sacrifice Isaac? When he is the direct line to the Messiah. Why does God have us first love the ones we've never loved but then find love for them? And then he says, go take what you have and give it away to somewhere other direction. Why does he do that? The Sabbath was made for men. I believe in that inner change there is an upgrade that God wants to give to the human heart of his very own nature, what his countenance or face shines on us. In the Sabbath, there's an exchange. In this rest, there's an exchange. We take what normally we would hold and value dear and we give that to the Lord as well and the Lord provides himself a ram. I will provide for myself a lamb. This is wisdom. This, this is what he's telling me right now. This is wisdom that you're being taught. This is wisdom. This is the very nature of wisdom. It's one thing to let go of what you don't care about. It's another thing to do something that appears to be what you really care about and let it go. To trust him for an exchange of his face onto yours. You're never going to outgive him, he'll give you himself and outdo you. This is a big transfer of trust. This is why the early church had all things in common. And not one of them lacked, and not one of them were lame or maimed. They, they were all blessed because they got this wisdom and they lived out of this wisdom. This wisdom allowed them to access the treasuries of heaven, which is called the age to come. They were able to step outside of this age into the age of, to come. Dwelling in the age to come, access the age to come, and bring heaven to earth. But because they counted him more valuable and a greater prize than even their very own life or the life of their families or the life of anyone, because they did, because they did, they counted him as the greatest, the greatest treasure. The Lord brought down such an anointing on that. House and bless those, bless that house with himself. For me, when the Lord comes to me like this, I always feel like I'm backed into a corner. But I've learned to come out blessing feel like you get backed into a corner and the Lord says, just come out with your hands to bless. I give you everything. Give me an opportunity. Give me an opportunity, Lord, that I may bless your name. Just give me an opportunity. You take my opportunity, says the Lord, and I'll give you myself. I'll give you, I'm a great, I'm, I'm a better trade. I'll do a better trade on this than you could ever do. I'll give you me. The Sabbath was made for you. <laughs> because what's happened, we start. Looking at all of our situation, and the Sabbath comes, and we look at our situation like, how am I going to take care of this? How am I going to take care of that? How am I going to fix this? I got to get this done. And this thing's attacking my health, this thing's attacking my finance, this thing, this relationship. And the Lord's like, Hey, say, um, Psalm 44:4, Thou art my king, oh God. command deliverance for Jacob. Okay. We, wake up. Wake up, little one. It's time to get up. <laughs> wake up. <laughs> wake up, child. <laughs> wake up. <laughs> I don't want to get up. Wake up. We. The worst that, you know, he told me before his happy, he said, we're going to put him to sleep. It's like, wait a minute, that's the opposite. They're saying that the church is dead and they're all asleep. He's like, well, I'm gonna put them to sleep today on purpose and then I'm gonna reset them. And so, so wake up, wake up. You innocent ones, you pure ones. You innocent like a child ones. Woke up, waking up out of your dream. Psalm 17 Verse 15 As for me because I'm innocent Because I'm pure in motive Because my conscience is clean Because I've been purified and been made righteous because I'm declared holy, because I transferred my trust over to you, believing that you're the holy one, that I give you my whole self to you. Because of that, I'm waking up innocent. My nightmare, my bad dream is over. waking up, waking up to behold your face, Lord. And when I wake up, he says, when I wake up. Oh yeah. Um, Revelation light, revelation light, revelation glory. My eyes have seen the truth. My eyes are on you, Lord. Feeling God to the human spirit. I'm waking up from a bad dream. The long night is past. The night is past, and the day has come. Wake up, O oh sleeper. For Christ, Christ gives you life. Yeah, yes. Do you stretch when you wake up? I do. Go ahead, stretch. Uh, Stand up and stretch out. Stretch your arms, stretch your back. Oh, I'm feeling good. Oh, I'm feeling
2: new. Oh, I'm a new creature. Whoa! yeah. the people in the court And I'm here to please the King I want to love on you, Lord And I did not come to camp outside And view you through a haze And I've got to look into your eyes In the holy place In the holy There's no going back to where I've been Cause you're in me and I am free from sin. I'm pressing on I'm pressing on. I'm looking at you Jesus and I fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you Oh I fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you Jesus Jesus fix my eyes on you Oh settle for the average or mundane because the spirit of jesus christ is flowing in my veins and i did not come to bow down and give in to fear of man and i'll prophesy sing a new song and dance your day I'm gonna dance your dance Oh, and there's no going back to where I've been Cause you're in me and I am free from sin Oh, I'm pressing on I'm pressing on peace and rest and I'm pressing on oh I'm
1: pressing
2: on oh I fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you Jesus I fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you out of you, Jesus. I fix my eyes on the prize. I'm looking at you. on the prize i'm looking at you jesus
0: This afternoon is probably, um, in the life of this ministry, something of phenomenal importance. I can still remember in uh, 2009, sitting there in the middle of the snow, uh, there was a big snowstorm that came in. I remember sitting at the little desk, and and I've told this story before, but, you know, the water lines had frozen the house, and my brother-in-law and I were carrying Five gallon buckets of water up to flush the toilets, and uh, we had like a a, you know like a few of our little kids, and the house was going through remodeling, and um, I was pretty upset to be honest because it had been I don't know let's see at that point we had been like five years into just we're just going to follow the Lord, and it just feel like this you you go to follow the Lord and it's like things just seem to go from bad to worse. You know and it's just like this how can this be and i remember um Kara was pregnant with uh manasseh our oldest son and i couldn't get her off the mountain where we were living and i was just really upset and uh i just like i don't know what to do so i was writing a paper for uh, garth uh, Roselle for gordon conwell theological seminary for uh, a history paper in church history and i go to sit down at this little desk and and um, i'm sitting there and preparing the writing and everything. And uh, I don't know, it's 15 page paper or whatever. And, and uh, I sit down and all of a sudden, like almost like a flash of light. Again, this is like Christmas time, 2009, just flashes into my mind. And in like, in I don't know, 20, 30 seconds, the Lord downloads the human soul, like into my consciousness. And, and he says, you know, this is the way I built a human soul. And I'm going to restore mankind back to me. And I'm going, there's going to be a restorative process It was going to go through. And I, and it it was overwhelming. It was just like getting, I don't know what you call that, like dark matter of all these concepts and everything, just like, you know, like a thousand page white paper just stuck into your mind all of a sudden. And it was just like a, it was like someone had plugged, something in you know and uploaded like a software suite and i didn't really know what to do with it i don't understand and he, and he says you know i'm going to bring about a restoration of all things and i'm going to restore man back to me and um and so i uh a couple years later uh willa grant which some of you may remember her she was in the mz hop and she's a phenomenal writer a brilliant lady. We love her so much. And she said, Carol, I'd like to sit down with you and help you with writing. And I believe you, you may have a book in you. And so I, uh, Will and I sat down together over at Barnes and Nobles. And she said, Well, what, is, what, it, what do you see? And I said, Well, he's telling me it's phases. Uh, I don't know if it's chapters, but it's called phases. And there's these phases of the human soul. And uh, there's 12 of them okay, I got that and then so I, uh, I started to take down notes and I started drawing all these pictures and diagrams and everything I've been working on and, and so these, these phases uh, started to come forward and so, so I ended up writing these down and the phase one was um, oil factory It was, you know, I noticed in the words that they were like play on words. Like they had another meaning in them. You're familiar with olfactory in the body? Sense of smell, right? That comes from, I think, your tongue or taste. I'm not sure. Is that right? But the Lord's like, tells me it's an oil factory. And I said, what's an oil, oil factory? He says, it's dynamic in oil and a factory of statics. And I was like, oh, it's... So he's like, it's both the feminine and the masculine. And I'm like, oh, interesting. So he, he's like, uh, this will be phase one called oil factory. And it, you know, there's a lot more depth to that, but he's like, I write down phase two, Shulamite prototype. And what he had done is he took me into the second Kings chapter four, verses eight through, I think it is 31. And he takes that story of the Shulamite woman has a child, the child dies. And then the child's raised back to life and he lays out this path of the human soul. And, he, and so, I, so I get the next phase, Shulamite prototype. And the Lord particularly speaks to me and he says, you have one of these oil factories in your nation. And I was like, where? He said, it's in the middle of your nation in Kansas City. It's called IHOP. It's a night and day prayer, which I, I had found out about a few years before that of 09 that, and he says, there's an oil factory there. And the purpose of that is to produce oil for the end times, that my people would have oil. So they're a factory that's producing oil to bring forth phase two, the Shulamite prototype. Because he's like, tells me Mike's been given this mandate of of the Shulamite uh, out of Song of Solomon. And if, if you've never listened to his study, I highly recommend his 20 part series on the Shulamite. It's phenomenal, but that the human soul was, at its base layer, uh, out of the oil factory was meant to be reinstated as a bride or Shulamite. And the Lord wanted to take the bridal paradigm and lay that as the foundation in the human soul. And out of that, to build off of the bridal paradigm into um, sonship, heirship, throneship. And so the bridal paradigm is fundamental. And he does a phenomenal job of that and ministry of the bride and the end time move of God and the spirit of Elijah and the Mary of Bethany. I mean, just f- phenomenal work out there where the oil factory is still in operation, night and day worship and intercession for the purpose of consecrating priesthood. And so I, you don't have to be out at IHOP to be consecrated as a priest, but it's it's very effective what they're doing there. and and. So he started, uh, the Lord started to reveal to me these aspects of priesthood. So then he, go, he takes me into this next phase called building a philanthropic base. It's like a, a Pentagon of giving. The philanthropic base is the idea of what, sort of what we're saying this morning is it's releasing and blessing out of, with a philanthropic idea out of your soul. So the base of the, the paradigm of the bride is to be to release and to bless and to give. And so he's like, that'll be phase three. Phase four, progeny encompassed. Kind of complicated understanding about this, but it's, it's what actually happened to you this morning where you're put into a teradema, not a, you're putting to a mystical sleep uh, for the purpose of upgrade. And so progeny incapacity is to, the idea is, is to sort of dial down your whole, all your systems, your imagination, your intellect, uh, your volition to dial it down and to bring you into a place of safety and to upfit you and then you to come back out of it. This is really interesting doing that corporately like we did today. I I don't think, I I mean, we have this happen, but maybe not to the depth that the Lord was looking for this morning in the worship. He's he's like, I really want to go deep with them. Take time with this this morning. I want to go deeper, maybe even some of you, I don't, to a deeper capacity in yourself, even though it's like, you don't put the church to sleep, Lord. You know, he said, well, I'm going to put my bride, I want to put my bride to sleep so that I can uh, retool her because she trusts me and I'm gonna wake you up into greater sonship. And so progeny encompasses this picture of when God took Adam and uh, put him to sleep and took out of him and made him a wife. Um, When the Lord's restoring the wife or the bride, he brings us into that place, we trust him, you go through like, like he's encompassing you, you're put, you're restored and then you come back out and you're reanimated, as you could tell. You you felt that animation come back to your body and don't. So phase four is this progeny incapaced. And then phase five, the crown reaper. This is what really throws a lot of believers because we come out, we say, yes, Lord, we follow you. And the next thing you know, like something sets us back. Uh, anybody ever had that? You know, where it just, you come out to say yes to him and it's like, boom, you're like knocked off. Well, in, the Lord had shared with me that you're going to see, and I think that you'll see this, you're going to see these phases unfold on a individual scale and a local uh, house scale, on, a nas- on national scales and on a global scale. And so um, basically... The Lord informs me of phase five. Back in 2011, there will be a global crown reaper um, that will come, and it will reap it will reap uh, people uh, from a crown. And so, when Corona crown virus came, I'm sitting there like because a couple of years ago, before that, in 20 end of 2018, he says the nations are passing into. On a global scale, into um, building a philanthropic base, and I was, I was like, "Oh man, a crowd Reaper's covered," as I've been holding this material from him because the Lord wants to process. He's processing the souls uh, in the globe through, uh, through this, and so Crown Reaper like appears on the scene. We have this coronavirus, you know, pandemic or whatever you want to call it, and it. it numbers of people pass away and this isn't an indictment against those people or anything like that i'm not doing that i don't even i can't go there i'm not doing that please don't hear that but one of the things that the crown was meant to expose and i think you saw this was the left and the right it was meant to expose the falseness of the left and the falseness of the right because it's a it's a royal crown not the coronavirus but it's an exposer. And, and um, you probably went through family situations and problems, and um, intentionality, and the way you felt about things. It exposed so many people. It exposed Our it exposed exposed so much. And we, for the most part, have effectively come through Crown Reaper. And maybe you're interested in what comes next. <laughs> uh, phase six, taking the subterranean transit, and that there would be a an underground movement that would begin to come forth—one, um, one, in the Melchizedek order and the New World order. They were there. The Melchizedek order is sitting in a is been in a stump, but the New World order, and they call it the Deep State and the Dark Put, you know, whatever. We have all kinds of names for it that we don't like. But while there's the evil thing going on, there's also the the work of God that's coming forth on on a global scale because God's uh, actually raising up an end time people, restoring them fully to himself. And it's actually those of us who are involved in that end time move that is causing the new world order to react. Um, They're reacting to what is actually happening in the heavens with uh, we the church because, and you've heard me talk about this, they're basically the demonic realm, the dominion and principality realm, power realm, that Adam, that the first Adam gave up, that they took those seats, and second Adam has purchased those seats for for his end time people, Are they're losing their seats. There's a big change going on right now. On a, on a global scale of the powers of the air in the second heavens losing their positions of authority. Because of what the Lord did at the cross and his resurrection and ascension, the church is ascending into those seats and beginning to take back. Well, as you know, anytime there's a move of God, there's always a reaction. Uh, the world wars came that way. Uh, Anytime you see a revival or a revival move of God, you generally speak and see a world war because our enemy aggravated with the loss of ground. And so I believe that we are taking ground. And so what happened here is out of the subterranean transit of God's raising up um, an, an end time move of an order that's not just Aaronic, which gets into the phase seven, because phase seven called uh, sublime heroics. Somebody, what does sublime mean? Anybody? Say it out loud. What's it mean, Janie? Okay, all right. So not an overt heroics, uh, or it's not overt heroics. It's like covert, which is would be more akin to what you would call, the word would be valor um, because, you know, how it says discretion is the better part of valor It's to take courage but to primarily be unseen. Y'all know this experience here? Do you know this experience in your life? Um, we think that being covert is, or not covert, but being overt is the path. Not in this case, the Lord is, the Lord is a, uh, keeping a lid on certain things that he's doing, he doesn't want it revealed to ahead of time. And so he keeps it in a covert status because, well, for one thing, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, but one of them is the flesh can get involved when you go too overt. The Lord's been working covertly with many of us. We're sort of like, I said this one time, I said, this is, this work that we have here is like one of the most subversive works on the face of the planet, (laughs) you know. Nobody really knows it because the Lord's got us all hit out and we're going through these experiences. He's doing this internal work in us and it's like, no one really knows. And the Lord's kept kept it covert intentional. Um, It's not always going to be covert. It's a phase. Sublime heroics is a phase of keeping things covert while the Lord's building really his nature, his Christ nature into us and developing his life in us where it's not, you know, it's not really us trying to reveal ourselves, but it's him revealing himself through our persona. And, you know, we've all dealt with this. If you've been a believer for any long, and and let's just be reminded, the 12 dealt with it too. I mean, they're right there at Passover asking the Lord who's going to be greatest in the kingdom. And I mean, he's about to go to the cross. He said, this is what I'm dying for. You know, he didn't say that, but I mean, he was. He was dying because man was trying to put himself forward in a wrong way instead of letting God put himself forward through us in a right way. Do um, you ever think about Moses? That Moses was like, he killed one Egyptian. Like Tom and I've talked about this before. He killed one Egyptian and tried to rescue a few people. The Lord's like, I was wanting to kill a lot more Egyptians and rescue a lot more people. And now we, we might not think of it like that, but that really was what he did. <laughs> if you're really truthful about it, he was wanting to bring a greater demonstration. He's like, Moses, you're on the right track, but you're trying to do it out of your own effort and your own energy and your own life. I'm wanting to do something bigger with you than that. Do you see the wisdom and sublime heroics? because God has a great call on your life, but he doesn't want want all the stuff that's been there to get interfered with what he really wants to do through you. I mean, he can do way more through you than you can do through you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Second Adam fully alive in you is way more powerful. The Christ nature in you is way more powerful in your persona than your own persona. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody done that already? All of us. <laughs> so sublime heroics phase seven is to deal with that. Phase seven is also the seventh aspect of priesthood. You have six, seven aspects of priesthood. Seventh is the high priesthood. And so when you're looking at these phases, God has to deal with that wanting to go covert ahead of time and the one, uh, excuse me, over ahead of time and move outside of his looking only at him and being completely centered in him, which is a natural proclivity to of man to try to go grasp for power. What he has to deal with it. He has to consecrate it. And so the Lord takes us, some of us, it takes a long time, but the Lord is going to deal with the desire to be seen and to be known and because he wants us to know him and be known by him. Phase seven is for that purpose to bring about this sublime heroics, to bring us to real high priesthood so that he can blend the office of high priest and king. And because as we go through phase eight, phase nine, phase 10, the Lord starts to deal in the realm of royalty, um, kingship. Uh, Phase eight, staff deflection. Uh, In the story, remember the prophet goes to put the staff on the boy to raise him from the dead because the boy's dead. Remember that, and the staff—does it work or not? It doesn't. It doesn't work, does it? um, Because—and this gets at all the implements of uh, the Christian church trying to use something else. It's the silver bullet. If I just had this one key, I could cause an end-time awakening or a movement. Just this one thing, one thing, one thing, the Lord's not going to have it. He's only going to have himself there. (laughs) It's not going to be this thing and that piece of technology and this thing. It's going to be himself. The only thing that's going to wake up the end-time move of God is himself in us. So staff deflection. That's one of the first things you learn in the royalty. I received a staff. I received a mitre. I received this thing from the Lord. And he's like, how's it working for you? It's not gonna work in this end time move. Even Moses' Aaronic staff is not going to take this move forward. Only God himself can. God, God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Moses' staff will not cross this Red Sea. It's going to be it's going to be the Lord himself. Why? Because he's going to do something in this end time that is <laughs> so amazing. I can't wait to tell you about it. Phase 9 Max Factor Infinity. Anybody know what Max Factor is? It was a makeup brand, but do you know what Max Factor was really about? He He was about finding the perfect phase. And the words like phase nine will be max factor infinity because in the story, it's when the prophet puts his what on the boy. Do you remember? He puts his whole self on him, face to face, hands to hand. It has to be the full face. In the occidental realm, which you're in right now, we primarily are concerned with God's hand, but in the orient, they're concerned with the face. And the Lord said this to me, he said, I will restore the likeness of the hand related to wisdom in the West, but in the East, I will restore the image based in face. Uh, some of you have been, some of you that are in here have been related, have related to the East. And so you know what I mean, but there's this image of God restoring the image inside the face so that because God isn't just occidental, He's not just Western hand, he's also Eastern face. This move requires that the very face of God, the countenance of God that Paul spoke of shines on us and restores the broken image inside. And I can tell you, there are 22 aspects of the image that's inside man. He taught me them. There are nine aspects of the hand. There are 22 aspects of the face. Um, There are a total of 31 kings that uh, Joshua took and they relate, the southern and northern kingdom relate to the conquest of the human soul. Phase nine, max factor infinity, the infinite one shining on us and then uh, shining through us. Gets into phase 10, spinning up the launch vehicle. Uh, Phase 10 for, for us was the starting of Collider. It is the uh, launch vehicle. It's meant to spin up on an individual way, to spin up a people, but in a corporate way, and I pray in a national and a global way, the words like, I will spin up a launch vehicle that connects heaven to earth inside of men and metamorphosizes a human being uh, and preps us for glorification. And phase 11, which today completes phase 11, the indestructible element, the X2M. X being the double helix, the M being the Davidic monarchy, the putting together of both high priest and king to transmit, or as we will move into phase 12, the extending of the galactic crown. That the Lord wants to extend that which was bifurcated. Do you know this word or separated with Moses and Aaron, the high priest? Do you know that's why the Lord was so angry at Moses? And I I heard Dr. Michael Heiser say this, and I because he had to. The Lord was in in the first Exodus. He was making a concession to Moses by allowing him to split the X2M, Moses becomes like the monarch of Israel and Aaron becomes high priest. And so you got one guy up on a mountain and one guy at the base of the mountain. Uh, Tom was joking this last week. Was it here? He said, We promise, we won't create any golden calves while you're gone. <laughs> As you know, it's funny. And, and then Stephen said, It just appeared, you know, because the problem is, is that God never wanted a X and an M or a high priest and a king to be separate. He wanted to do something where he blended the offices inside the human soul and put peace between them both. Zechariah chapter six, verse 13. And he shall be a priest upon his throne and a king upon his throne and the council of peace shall be between them both. Because God intended to take the human soul and restore it where there was no more the middle wall of partition. He wanted to, by the cross, to break the middle partition as in the soul, to destroy it, to obliterate the barrier. The barrier that has since the fall has devastated all of us. It's devastated in um, relationships, uh, in marriages. It's broke us apart because of the fall. It put this partition between us, the male and female in the soul, not in the gender, but in the soul. It put a barrier block there and it kept us from being able to have agreement or have peace with one another. The Lord's done with this. The Lord is bringing, I believe, and even has mandated, even out of this house, that he would tra- we would transmit corporately an X2M. Now he showed me this, but I didn't know what it was before I even received these phases. Spiraling out and hitting people by light and upfitting their person and repairing the East and the West or the priest and high priest and king or the male and the female or the poet and the prose you know, all these different aspects inside the human soul for every individual. And so, because God will have a transfiguration that will lead to glorification, He's bringing us deeper and deeper. What happened to us this morning, where you get put to into a state of rest like that, again, progeny and capacity, it is to upgrade your internal capacity to bring greater peace between those two aspects in your human soul until you're at complete peace. And then out of that peace, God's light shines through and out of us. The glory of God radiates out of us. Whether you see that light or not, it is shining through your life to the extent that we've been processed uh, by the Lord through these environments th- through this, there'll be a light breaking forth to extend um, the galactic crown. Now, uh, I know I'm going to do just a, a little more background on history um, here, and then you know we'll close. And um, and I, I did this a few weeks ago. I'm just going to when the Lord's when the Lord starts with us, He starts with us in. Um, I'm lay out real fast seven aspects of the way he comes to us. And I, I did this a few weeks ago. First, he comes to you by way of invitation. The Lord is not an imposer, nor is he a manipulator. So he invites. He will move on you with such grace that you'll want him. <laughs> I believe that. But he still comes from an invitation perspective. Next, he initiates you into a journey. He brings you on, onto your journey. And usually, um, the initiation is you're filling with the Holy Spirit because you're gonna pick up the guide, the paraclete. He fills you with this spirit, and you have now been initiated. Um, a lot of people think that being filled with the Holy Spirit is like, that's the end. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like, nope, that's really just getting started. <laughs> Number three, designation. You'll be designated in your calling. The Lord will bring a particular calling related to you and designate you um, in, in a calling. And those are very special to each one of you and unique. It'll match with your persona, the way he made you to be. And so you will be designated by him. Um, you can't, you know, if you ever get designated by the Lord like that, let me just say, you, you don't ever want to let go of that. Um, that's what... That's really a lot of what happened with Esau and why the Lord said he hated that because he was designated to be the rightful heir and he gave it up for a pot of soup. Um, You understand that's what made the Lord mad or angry about that. It's not like the Lord's like into hating people. It's just that he doesn't want you and I to miss out on what he's made you to be. Um, Another way to say this, he said this to me years ago. He said, I will not take another interpretation or another interpretation of who you are. I don't care how sorry you feel for yourself. I'm not going to take another interpretation of you than the one I made you to be. So don't go around doing self-pity with the word because he doesn't really go for it. I mean, he doesn't go for arrogance either, but that's obvious in our generation a lot but he doesn't really go for self-pity either. So don't feel sorry for yourself because the Lord, when he designates you, because when he designates you, he's called you a particular way and you need to fulfill that calling. Don't hold back on it. But you know, uh, Tom mentioned this last week, I said, I'm special. Well, I am, I am. And I'm unique, very unique actually, (laughs) very unusual. (laughs) But so are you. You're very special to the Lord, very special, very unique. The the Bible calls you peculiar. Okay, so in your designation, you'll be called, and then then comes a season called probation. It'll appear that the calling designation you've received is never going to come to pass. (laughs) And the Lord's going to set up things for you to grab at your designation wrongly instead of waiting on him to perform it rightly. You're gonna to have to like, you're gonna see it like Joseph did or David did or, and you're gonna be like, I'm ready to seize power. <laughs> I got something going on here. And the word's like, not like that. And so you go through a season of probation. Adam and Eve had a probationary period. Remember what it was? Do not eat from what? This tree for in the day that you do, you shall surely die. Well, that's not fair. I should be able to eat from any tree I want. Anybody ever been served under other leadership that put probation on you? And then you thought, hey, that isn't right. Well, I had to serve my time like that. It's like, this is going completely opposite of what God said about me. Because he's going to work humility into you by bringing you under probation. If you pass probation, Adam and Eve did not. If you pass probation, he will confer on you his kingdom. He will confer it. He will confer out of your designation who you are. He will bring a conferral period. And then number six, he will bring a confirmation period. He will confirm what he has conferred. And then number seven, consummation. For us in Collider today, X2M 144, this completes the consummation of this, this process of this house. And in the consummation is when you enter into the seventh day. So, also in these seven invitation, initiation, designation, probation, conferral, confirmation are six days. In the consummation is the seventh day because the Lord is going to bring us into a place, like Stephen was telling me up here, of living out of rest, neither toil nor spin. God's purpose is to bring your soul to complete rest and out of that rest to take his sovereign action and operate his life through you. Again, sovereignty rests in the individual at the point. The individual rests in the sovereign. True authority comes from rest. True authority comes from peace because peace rules. Peace, he's called the what of peace? So peace, peace rules in the consummation. So, okay, and so, within the consummation, and what we've went through in this this house, I'm just going to uh, briefly review those, and then I'll conclude with. Let me do it this way. Because this came up, this came up last week when I, we were down in Florida, and I and I want to. Uh, just go through some another snapshot. Uh, really quickly, that came out of the beginning of Zechariah. How long, Lord? I have separated this out because the Lord showed me to do this into these four Ts. T being uh, zero T, one T, two T, and three T. What I mean is the the restored tabernacle of Moses. Zero. I'm calling zero T. The first temple or the first uh, uh, temple of Solomon, 1T, that was a restored temple and palace construct. Solomon, from David, he built the temple and a palace. So he, he brought into the corporate life of Israel a temple for corporate worship and a palace that he lived in. It took him 13 years to build his house. It was a pretty big place. And as you know, the Babylonians come in, sacked all that, you know that you're, hopefully you know your biblical history. And later on, some years later, the uh, second temple was brought online with Haggai, Ezra, um, Zechariah, Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, um, and uh, Nehemiah is going to go into the wall building. And this is all coming after uh, Daniel's uh, prophecy out of Babylon. And the best that they could do in a second temple timeframe was to get a restored uh, temple. They never got a restored palace, but they got a restored temple. And the reason why was because the Persians were governing at the time, and if Zerubbabel, who was a, a Judite heir, if he would have went and placed the, they would have placed the crown on him in Zechariah 6, which is where we're at today at the end of Zechariah 6, if they would have put the crown on Zerubbabel, it would have been a threat possibly it would have been a threat to the Persian government. And so the Iranians or the Persians would have maybe come up and even though they were helping to provide, they're like, wait a minute, you guys have taken it a little too far. We're not going to allow there to be a king in in Israel. And so what they end up doing is they take this crown and they put it in the temple. They put it on Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat. they put it on his head and they take the crown and they place it as a memorial inside the temple. I believe a memorial for the one who is to come, our Lord, who's going to come because he's the rightful heir, the rightful king, the rightful sovereign ruler who's going to come. And so, and and he's going to tell them, remember, he says, it took you this many years to build, how many years? To build the temple, his reference in the second temple. He said, I'll build it again in what? What? three days striking down and I'll build it build it in three days I believe that what Jesus was highlighting in in that time was is a res, a complete restored temple which he spoke of was his self said his disciples didn't know what he's talking about until after he was resurrected they realized that he was talking about the temple in himself and so here we are here we are coming to the um and in, in, I believe the culmination of the end of the age and the briefing that I've been receiving from the Lord is I want a restored and consummated temple and palace. I want to consummate myself with my people and restore the temple in, within and the palace within of the human soul. I'm going to do an covert work inside of men and restore the third temple. Now, I'm not saying that there's not gonna be a literal third temple on the Temple Mount. Really, that's not my business. That's somebody else's business, but I do have the business of, of my father and this house to extend an X2M high priest, king, phase 11, indestructible element into the earth, we do, I believe we're under a mandate of the Lord to extend it, what for? Because God wants a restored people, transfigured, consummated temple and palace inside the human soul. Why? So that he can glorify um, humanity. One of the things... One of the things that that the Lord put on my heart this morning was to discuss this, and this came up in our X2M um, 113, was the tragedy of the Solomonic era. Because in Solomon's reign, you you almost almost had a full consummation. Solomon broke the three rules of kingship that are outlined in Deuteronomy 17. He married many wives, He amassed silver and gold to himself, and he got many horses to set up a military standard. And in all three cases, he was prohibited from doing that according to the rule of a king. And so with Solomon, during the first temple period, God could not effectively bring a consummation. And and we know that uh, through the, the greater Solomon, Jesus, that he would have this. But because man had went about the business of effectively, he he had went about the business of effectively trying to gain a greater progenity. Why, you know, say, well, why in the world would you marry more than one wife? Like that is ludicrous. (laughs) Isn't it? (laughs) You know, um, but what he was doing was he was wanting to spread his seed and f- create foreign treaty alliances with other nations because if he could get children out of other places, empires, he could affect a greater global rule like that. What Solomon did not understand that we now understand, I th- he wanted to take his own natural seed and spread it everywhere, and yet God had a seed he wanted to spread, the seed of Christ. And so, the, you know, I was asking the Lord, I said, well, because he, he, he shared this with me. He said, This X2M is effectively um, my seed. I want my seed to go throughout, but I'm not wanting you to produce more of, of yourself. I want to produce my nature in my people, myself into them. I don't want your hubris in saying, I've got me 10,000 kids. And I'm ruling other nations myself. I want to govern the human heart myself. I want, you, uh, I want to expand my seed. I want to take my seed, which is indestructible. Your flesh seed has limitation on it. And as we know, this, it says it's in Acts, it's about David, that he went on and he died. But this, this one, this one uh, Jesus, he lives forever. And it's his seed that he wants spread throughout the world into his bride, right? Um, He also didn't want to expand uh, militarily because he says that he will, and so don't go amass more horses because we're going to see this happen. They'll beat their swords into plowshares. The Lord's going to put an end to global war and the destruction of human life, he he's going to put an end to it. He said, you know, if you elect this king Saul, he will raise up an army to protect. And the Lord was anti kingship. The Lord was, he was anti trying to uh, show forth power and protection in a wrong way. You know this through Hezekiah because remember when uh, Assyria comes to attack. And Sennacherib's already lay wasted all these other towns by siege warfare. Hezekiah doesn't have the necessary instruments of war to defeat a superior Syrian army like that. Remember, he gets down on his knees and prays to the Lord while Reb Shaka's hollering across trying to get the people of Israel to defect. Remember this? And the Lord sends one angel and kills 185,000 Assyrians. Kills them all. And uh, you know, Sennacherib, he can go back and gets killed himself. You know, I mean, the Lord wants to take care of his people. We worry about some of the smallest things. You know, I've thought about Hezekiah. The Lord's like, you think your problem's bad? You ought to have 185,000 Assyrians. And trying to get the people to defect by, by speaking to them across the wall to get them to run away. He said, you don't even have a problem because you're being hit by this thing and this thing and this person don't like you and your finances are out, your health, whatever. He's like, You have no idea. Get on your face. Like you think that I won't fight for you? I don't want you to raise up a military. I don't need you to build a defense system. I'm your defense. I don't need you to go argue in the courts of man for your own protection. And I don't, I'm your defense. And then, thirdly, don't amass silver and gold. I mean, Peter says, "Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee." It's a, it's a distraction, of trying to build securities and economic securities, trying to make sure that you're going to make it. That the Lord says, "Don't take any thought for tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow has its own problems." Be with me right now. Stop trying to amass securities. Stop trying to build economics around you. Give everything you have away. You can see his kingdom orients itself a completely different way. It's a trust kingdom. It's completely trusting him. It's a dependent and vulnerable kingdom. It's allowing your full vulnerability and complete dependency on him. And you know what? He's going to outdo you every time. He's going to bless you. He's good. He's a good father. He's a good father. Solomon had all of this. He gets restored temple and palace, which even in the second temple, they didn't have that. They just had a second temple. He gets that, but he doesn't go all the way in consummation. He could have had, I suppose, he could have had his image completely restored, not just his likeness. His wisdom was restored. The Lord gave him wisdom like any other. no other man except the Lord, I'm sure, no one's ever been as wise as the Lord Himself, but He had His image was still broken. This gets at at what I believe the Lord is effectively doing with so many of us in restoring our image. Uh, these twenty-two aspects. This is what's happening in this these events that we're that we're doing on purpose. That light would just break forth and restore image, uh, recoding your images and your ideas and your, the things that you've had in the past, recoding it to put in a proper image. Whose image? The image of Christ. Think of it like this, that this consummation, that the potentate, today's X2M144 potentate, the one who has the rightful governing of everything could rule your human heart without imposing his will uh, and without manipulating there's a consummation on us uh, you know i didn't i didn't design i didn't design these uh events uh, the Lord did that's why i really excited about it because this has all been designed by him. Um, I couldn't come up with that many P words. (laughs) And if you ever study, if you ever look at at what has happened, you can see um, clearly God's hand in it. Uh, This ministry, and um, Pete Lineker said it last week, in two weeks this thing will come to this closure, and it does as of um, August the 5th, this coming Saturday, X2M 144 will close out a a series that we've been in now for 34 weeks. This ministry has passed out of exile from X2M 1 through 70. It has passed its probation and conferral. We went through 62 weeks of probation. We went through seven weeks of conferral. We have passed the confirmation. We had X2M 71 through 90. The temple construct was restored, the feminine aspect. When we went through all the period of the S, the S words and then we came into the double helix, the seed of Christ, the masculine, 20 weeks of that X2M 91 through 110 was completed ever studied the double helix is absolutely brilliant. But I mean, it comes from him. Give P a chance, Tom. <laughs> Puns intended on many levels. <laughs> but now the consummation. And I'm gonna go through these because we started out with the structure and we called it the X. And we came into X2M111 phase while he phases himself into us out of the haze. Some of you remember the haze machine. That was a great joy. X2M 112, (laughs) the face of God, the face, P-H-A-C-E, it's not a real word, but that he would shine on us and come through our face. X2M 113, the parousia, the second coming of the Lord, of his Christology before his literal second coming that and I want to make sure that this is very clear out of this house. This is a Christology of Christ nature that he gives that's not inherent to the unbeliever. I want to make that clear because this is <laughs> this this has to be clear. But that there's a second coming of his Christ nature in us in tabernacles before his literal second coming. So I uphold from this platform his Christology in our anthropology and his Christocracy in a theocracy, but also the literal second coming of the Lord, that he is coming and he will split the Eastern sky. He's coming down at the restoration, Acts 321 of all things. Number one, governor of the nations, that there are seven aspects of the Lord. Seven aspects that he wants to put on his people. First, he's governor of the nations. And then we went through the X2M 114 through 116, the phenotype. Not just the genotype that makes up, let's say the color of the eyes or the color of your skin, but the phenotype, what everybody else sees when they look upon you. We got up to X2M 117, uh, permutare, it was a French word. There's this like transition that happens that brings us into 118, progeny, that we would become as little children like Solomon did. And Jesus said, unless you become as a little child, you no, will not see the heaven, the, uh, kingdom of heaven. We went in from governor of the nations to avenger of the afflicted. X2M 119, polyvalent. He deals with uh, four empires, both on a political scale and a religious scale. And 120, for the purpose of procuring the nations for himself, that he is, X2M 121, the possessor. Number third vision, builder of God's city. X2M 122, the proliferation. That something goes from something small, very small, to something great and large, fast. That it proliferates all throughout the land, 123, he gives a promissory or a note of a note to build, a note to construct. Uh, X2M124, the progenitor. That he's the life giver. He's the one who gives life. Vision number four, guardian of God's courts. It was called X2M125 Planck. I won't go into it, but if you're familiar with Max Planck, maybe you'd understand that. 126, the promise comes forth. 127, the protocol. The 128, the proposal. 129, the promulgator, which means the lawgiver. Anointer of God's temple, vision number five. The pattern. Uh, someday I'll have to tell you about some of these. They're incredible. They've set in the background. The pattern of the way he made the human soul, the pattern of how he made our bodies we went through a discovery on that it's amazing and how to supplement the human body for transformation that he brings power 131 132 the prototype the 133 the proposition 134 the procreator number six vision six the desolator of the apostates that when God gets a guardian of God's court put together with an anointer of God's temple, he gets a king priest that comes to desolate the apostasy throughout the land. And he provides a proscription, meaning that a word goes throughout the whole land saying that if you liar, you thief, it's coming down. Um, that he will purge the land next to him 136 and 137 because he's the proprietor, meaning that he's the rightful owner. The judge of the world, vision number seven, X2M 138, that God provides a palisade, a protection around his people, a defense. And 139, perspicacity. Some of you will remember some of these because they're maybe they've been important to you, but he provides in depth, lightning fast wisdom. And 140, which was a big deal in this ministry, prosecutor. That the enemy has been seen for what he is and he's been, look, it's, it's over, buddy. And you can see him for what he really is because you can't trick your mind anymore and play on you because you have perspicacity. You have the wisdom. And then what we call the M, the king of glory, x to m 141, the primogenitor, the rightful heir. 142, a permanence, a Permanent indwelling of himself inside of his people. And 143, to proclaim. Proclaim is a play on words. It's a claim on the right of properties and lands that are a rightful inheritance of God's people because they're in his inheritance that he gives them to his people. And then today, uh, to conclude this long series, <laughs> Let's all stand together. Recognizing him as the king of glory. Recognizing you, Lord, as the, the, rightful, the rightful king, the, the uh, potentate. The rightful one, that, the only one, Lord, that can rule the human heart and rule it rightly. With no manipulation or control. Um, We release ourselves uh, completely to you. Um, Everything belongs to you. All this land, this world, this globe belongs to you, Lord, and we're yours. We recognize your right to rule and to govern our lives. We we recognize your right, Lord, as rightful king, the rightful heir. We recognize you today, uh, Lord, as the true progeny, of which we want to be, the possessor, the progenitor, the promulgator, the procreator, the proprietor, the prosecutor, uh, and the potentate. And we thank you, Lord, yes. for bringing us through this whole series, thirty-four weeks worth, and all the processes we've been through, and everything we've been through this house. And we pray, Lord, for wisdom. Uh, For our next season, we're going into phase 12, the the extending of the galactic crown. And the extending, Lord, of this indestructible element as it goes out and starts to go out throughout the nations, Lord, and affects soul and lives. And we just pray, Lord, for great uh, transfer of blessing uh, to your people. Thank you, Lord. Let's go ahead and uh, come forward and then as we do uh, weekly, we'll take communion together.
2: Where do I lean when my posts are shaken? And Who do I trust when I am forsaken? confidence can my heart confide in? Do I rely
0: consume I'm consumed you're consumed oh, I connect to you Lord, the faithful one. bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you do this in remembrance of me. I praise you, Lord. I honor you. I magnify you, Lord. Great sovereign one, creator God. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Oh, holy are you, Lord holy are you father 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 brother 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 friend of mine friend of ours oh oh we love you oh you're amazing Holy amen now May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may you have peace. Bless you today. Amen.